Hey, what's up, guys? It's Mike Lynch. What's going on? This is Rashad. This is the Sports Sunday Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. It is now brought to you on the fan by your local Les Schwab Tire Centers. Doing the right thing since 1952. Weekend sports with a difference. So I thought it'd be fun if we all went around and said our name and a little something about ourselves. I'll start. A look at the weekend in sports with the inside story on the Blazers, the Ducks, and the Beavers. This is Sports Sunday with Mike Lynch. At least I have my own bed. Your bed is a car. Yeah, but it's a sweet car. And Rashad Taylor. Will you stop your damn sniveling, son? Buck up, Bart. Buck up. On ESPN Sports Radio 1080, The Fan. Hi. Sorry. I was tweeting out that the show was starting, so. good. I'm just gonna go ahead and send, hit send. There you go, and we're good. And we're good. Now the 1080 the fan Twitter feed has the the show tweet. Uh, hi, how are you guys all surviving the heat so far this week? It actually got really crazy on Wednesday and Thursday. Oh yeah, it wasn't cool. Like all the the smoke from that just the BC it, area that, that just made, it, made worse. it worse. Yeah, yeah. that's all. It just made it really stuffy outside and warm. No breeze. It was. I, it felt like Vegas all over again. But I mean, really, honestly. How much time do we really spend outside, though? I mean, most places we go have some type of air conditioning unless you go to Lynch's house. <laughs> and But other than that, man, like most places you go are relatively cool. And I, there's no way I was going outside when it's 105. Three, four degrees, yeah. I, I didn't go outside too much. I think the key is what you said there. No breeze. It has been very still. So when you went outside, it was like, oh, my God, it's hot. And then you'd walk around for a bit, and you're like, wait, I'm get- it's it's way worse than I thought it was because there's there's no breeze. And that that smoke up top just made it, like, really sticky. It almost felt like a down south type. It felt like it wouldn't heat. let the heat escape almost, right? Yeah, it was it was pretty bad. Yesterday was great. I, yeah, it was great yesterday. Yeah, it was nice and breezy, especially towards the end of the day. So but today's going to be 97 again. We got a couple of 99s coming up this week. So great. we got, like, five or six more days of plus 90-plus degrees. Um, my AC units in the in the apartment – Doing a very valiant effort. It just got really bad on, uh, what was it, the second 100-degree day. What was that, Thursday? Or I think Wednesday? it got bad for everybody that had, yeah. that even if you have AC at the house, it was still pretty unbearable. We had it set at 65, as per usual, and it was 79 in the room. <laughs> Yeesh. Which was just like, I mean, it was better than 104, but I was sweating in my in my apartment, yeah. which was atrocious. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, I I keep my air conditioner at a, at a nice sixty, at all times. Yeah. And so so it can fight absolutely fight forever. So when I know when I come inside, it's like ah, all right, relaxation. I don't even have to think about it. But for most of the days, it's been seventy. My, my AC has kept the apartment at seventy, which is comfortable. You know, not perfect, but comfortable. And uh, the one in the bedroom has been doing fine because the room's much smaller. So we close the door and we put it on. It's been like eighty-five in the bedroom every time we go in there and turn it on. Because we, we've actually, I think I told you guys on Sunday, we hung a blanket up on our window. And it actually has sort of kept some of the heat out. I mean, 83, but it goes down pretty quickly. So hopefully you guys are all surviving the heat. This is Sports Sunday. Mike Lynch, Rashad Taylor, Jesse Osmond here with you until 11 a.m. this morning. We got lots of football on the table today. The NFL Hall of Fame inductions happened yesterday. Got some thoughts on that coming up next segment. We also teased this last week because we didn't get to it. There was the Monday morning quarterback rankings of the quarterbacks, and there was also the USA Today standings predictions for the season. 
Some very interesting nuggets on both of those uh, prediction sheets that we'll talk about in the rest of this hour. We will continue our divisional previews today. Five weeks till the NFL season begins. Just five. Let's go. Uh, so we've already done two, the AFC East and the NFC East. Today we'll do the AFC South. The Titans are one of the teams we'll talk about in that USA Today standing predictions, and that will continue into the 10 o'clock hour. They seem to be the favorites to win the division, and Marcus Mariota's back healthy. So we'll talk about that. We've got our hated or love it, as always, at 1030. And then the winner of that gets to choose what they talk about for the last segment, which, you know, it's two minutes long. May or may not exist. Yeah, well, it'll, it'll happen. It just might not be exactly a sexy segment to host. See, I just need to be more like Tony Reale and just start, like, muting your microphones after you go too long. Nah. Yeah. Give us the wrap-up music. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> right. You could do that, I guess. We're, like, we're talking and we stop hearing ourselves in our head, like, what are you doing? Why did you mute me? <laughs> cut straight to commercial. Yeah. yeah the the yeah. thing is, is both of us have mic controls, although Jesse could just turn our volume down, I suppose. He yes. just go, whoop. I can do whatever I want. That I, is true. You, you are the master of the board. Mm -hmm. I, I, uh, I'm I the captain of the ship. Uh, well, not really. That's you, but. Uh, well, I mean, I mean there, you're I, at the controls. I am you're at the, the controls. Uh, yes. I'm captain so. in voice. You're captain in everything else. Yeah. Oh, there, yeah. So that, that makes it better. So, um, so I guess I'm like Smee or something like that. What? Do you know who Smee is? No. Jeez. Have you ever seen Captain Hook? Have you ever seen any Peter Pan? Ever? Nope. Jeez. Come on, Lynch, man. Sorry. Forget you're, you're 12. Jesse, are you familiar with? Um, man, I haven't man, seen Smee Hook was in Captain a long Hook's time. man, man. I haven't seen. So he was the guy that was probably uh, with the glasses or whatever. Yes, and, very good. Yes, See, okay. School him, Jesse. School this guy over here. All right. Why? Yeah. I'd, do I need uh, to be watching Captain Hook? Yes, you, you should Pan? know who Captain Actually, Hook and Well, I know who Peter Pan is. Hook Captain with Robin Hook Williams was really good. But I oh, just Hook don't... is a great movie. Yeah, that one you should see. If you haven't seen Hook, you should go. You should watch Hook. I take it Mike Lynch has not seen. I Hook. have not seen Hook. Oh no, that you should. You it's, should Hook watch Hook. Movie. I'll bring it to you on DVD. Okay, it's all good. Like you should see Robin Williams stuff anyways. He's you know. Well, he, I love Robin Williams. Yeah. Yeah. That that was a great. I had no idea he did anything that was. Captain Hook related. Oh, yeah. He played Peter Pan. What? Uh, yeah, he played a grown-up. Like, you know, Peter Pan, whole thing is he won't that he doesn't Going watch. back to Never Never Land after he grew up. Yeah. That's strange. Yeah. Well, he well, forgot all about tank. it. It was great. It was it was a really cool story. It was all about... Wait, Ru you, don't know, you don't know Rufio? Rufio! Oh, come on, Lynch. That's like pop culture at its finest, man. <sighs> Sorry about it's it. Disappointing. You're huh? too young. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm not too young. I just not exactly Mr. Pop Culture either for some of the stuff. <laughs> no, yeah, that's that's true. Um, I did want to bring this up before the show gets fully into football. And it's I feel like this is a very necessary thing to talk about. Like maybe even more necessary than anything in football. And that's that on Tuesday, the greatest thing to ever happen to ESPN is happening. On August 8th, on 8-8, ESPNU is being changed for one day to ESPN The Ocho. That is great news, Cotton. <laughs> Thank, you. Thank you for the dodgeball reference. I am so, so happy about this. I feel like, I'm not kidding. I tweeted this out. I feel like life is complete. Because when you watch dodgeball for the first time and you saw ESPN The Ocho, you were like, why don't we have that? There are sports that are like these things. Maybe not as crazy as some of the things in dodgeball, but there are sports. And now we get it for a day. Did you know that there is something called Kabaddi that we can watch? Uh, K-A-B-A-D-D-I. 
Here's the here's the the uh, description of kabaddi, a contact team sport that originated in in India, involving two teams and one unique rule. The goal is for each team's raider to tag as many of the opposing team's players as possible and return to his or her his or her home, all while taking just a single breath. So he has to hold his breath, and go tag everybody and get back to being home. How how, how are they managed? How are they? determining if they're holding their breath or not. I don't know, like, but we can find out because it's going to be on at what looks like 8 a.m. So on Tuesday. Two things, two things. One, um, if Cotton McKnight and Pepper Brooks aren't they're the not host, there. they should be. Well, actually, they might be. I it, it makes no sense for them to have that one day of ESPN the Ocho and not have those two guys there. I think they can find Jason Bateman for the night and the guy that played uh, the, the Brady dad. I forget his name. Yeah. I forget his name too. But he he was also as awesome as Cotton McKnight. Number two, why would they have anything else but dodgeball? Like, I mean, well, because this isn't about this isn't a stroking the movie. This is but about you, the true real life crazy sports. Yes. Do you know you've what else they have? have? Do, you've got to have dodgeball in there. Tell me, dodgeball's on the list. No. Do you know what else they have? What else? Let's hear. It. They have American Disc Golf Championship. They have the Roller Derby Championships. Oh, they do have dodgeball. Sky Zone Ultimate Boom. Trampoline Dodgeball. Boom. There we trampoline go. Dodgeball. Trampoline Dodgeball. Trampoline. Now with. we're, ta we're yeah. taking it to the next level there. There we go. The Firefighters World Challenge 25. The Kabaddi, which I talked about. Championship of Bags, a.k.a. Cornhole. Moxie Games. It's a new event. That's the only new one that they're showing, uh, which combines sports, including dodgeball and juggling in one. Martial arts and volleyball in one. Oh, that one's and awesome. Table tennis and soccer wait, wait, in one. Wait, 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 wait. Martial arts they, and volleyball. No, they literally, I've seen this because it's. Do they it's kick been on each my, other in the face? No, no. So basically, it's like your volleyball teams or whatever, right? Yeah. Except it, so it's, it's kind of like they're doing hacky sack with the volleyball. So they're, they're doing like, like, um, they're kicking the ball. And, and they're and only stuff. kicking the ball. They, Can like, they I use just, their hands? I didn't see them using their hands. I saw them kicking the ball a lot. Like they were, you know, doing roundhouse kicks and stuff on the ball, sending it over, and they were returning it with, like, other martial arts kicks. That's pretty now, cool. So they have to uh, – do they have to specifically be martial arts moves? They can't just, like, kick it? Well – They have to roundhouse kick or uppercut kick? Now you're asking somebody who just saw a video very well, specific you questions. are clearly the expert on this yeah. because okay. you're the only one who's seen it. Okay, gets well – Obscure it, sports quarterly. I, I, I'll bring up <laughs> the video. I'll find the video, quarterly. and then I'll – you know, you guys can come in and yeah. check it out. Okay. The Jesse right. is the polo player of the – and the, you know yeah. – He plays water polo. He yeah. plays volleyball. Right? Mm -hmm. And it's what like else? Synchronized swimming? Um, I did swimming, wrestling, track, water polo. Um, I do volleyball. Yeah, you're, you yeah. are basically ESPN the Ocho of 1080 The Fan. I, I really am. I played <laughs> all the stupid sports. You played all the sports that had all the girls, though, so that's at least fun. Yeah, well, I mean, water, uh, water polo swimming. Oh, uh -huh. man. Well, I'm saying that that are actually playing with you at the same oh, time. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah man, we were, we, yeah, yeah. No, water polo and swimming. There, there was a very big appeal there with the women in um, bathing suits and in the pool at the same time. Lots of flirt, flirting going on for four years in the pool. So, also on ESPN the Ocho, you'll see Ultimate Frisbee Championship. You will see some esports with Street Fighter. You will see <laughs> Arm Wrestling Championship, the World Darts Championship. And uh, that's it. So for midnight Eastern, I don't know if it starts midnight for us or 9 p.m. on Monday. I'm not 100% sure. But ESPNU will be changed to ESPN 8 The Ocho. And I am, I'm not kidding. I'm going to watch it. And 
I very if it's on way too early, I very well might DVR a couple of these events to see it. I want to see this Kabaddi thing. I want to see them hold their breath and then go tag people. <laughs> I just want to see somebody pass out. Well, that might be a funny plus, but as long as they're okay, of course. I don't want them to die. But that, I just, what a genius idea. Why didn't they do this sooner? Why can't we just have a channel called ESPN The Ocho? I mean, I, I, just, I mean, considering all the other crap channels that we have, we actually may be seeing an ESPN The Ocho. Who's, the who air. watches ESPN News? Who watches, outside of football season, who watches ESPN U? Nobody. Yeah. So just make an ESPN News. ESPN show. used to be cool, like when it first sort started. Of. Yeah, but it's it's lame now. Yeah. So if you want to watch this, it's going to be on ESPN U. So that's channel 728 on Comcast, I believe. Maybe 727. Uh, 727 on Comcast. So you can watch that on Tuesday, either 9 p.m. Monday or midnight Tuesday, depending on, on what time zone they're going to do this on. But the the article I have tweeted at, at Mike Lynch 27 is Eastern time. So uh, maybe it'll be at 9 p.m. for us. So uh, go check that out. Coming up uh, next, we will talk about the Hall of Fame induction ceremony that was yesterday. This is Sports Sunday on The Fan. <laughs> Weekend sports with a difference. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. 918 here on your Sunday morning. Thanks for listening. Text us at the Bridgeport Beers text line at 55305 and find us on the tweets at 1080 The Fan, at Mike Lynch 27, at TaylorMade503 as Rashad and Jesse behind the glasses at Jesse Osman, A S Z M A N. Uh, if you want any more ESPN 8, the Ocho info, it's a couple of tweets down on mine, again, at MikeLynch27. So the NFL, or the Pro Football Hall of Fame induction happened yesterday. We saw LaDainian Tomlinson, Terrell Davis, Kurt, or Kurt Warner, Jerry Jones, Morton Anderson, and Jason Taylor make it in to the Hall of Fame yesterday. With all of those names, my first thought, and this is a... Uh, just my first thought looking at it was why on earth did we as fans underappreciate LaDainian Tomlinson as much as we did? Why did we just kind of, I don't know. We just kind of ignored him for most of his career, right? He ran for over 13,000 yards, led the league in rushing back-to-back years, 06, 07, ran for over a thousand yards every year of his career, except for the last three when he was fading and was, he was amazing. LT was one of the top two running backs in the league almost every year that he was in the league. Yet we just ignored him, right? I, I know I did. I, I liked LT, but I never paid attention to LT. Right? Yeah, I think it was a lot. A lot of it was um, the Chargers weren't great, you know, at points. Now, when they had uh, Marty Schottenheimer, they were really good. Like, they were running through people. I think they... I think that's the year they played the Patriots in the AFC Championship game or to go to the AFC Championship game. And that team that year um, was phenomenal. And Adrian Peterson, or excuse me, Adrian Peterson, LaDainian Tomlinson. That would be 2007? I think that's 2006. Well, I'm looking at his playoffs. He only played in one game each year except for 07 and 10 with the Jets. So I'm assuming it was, it's 2007. Yeah, it was one. It was, I think it was 2007. And that team was just phenomenal. Phillip Rivers couldn't. Couldn't miss, you know, that that defense was still, you know, pretty stout at that point. I thought the Chargers were the team to really beat, and then they lost Marty, Schott, Marty Schottenheimer and bought in Norv Turner, and everything changed for LT at that point. He was still really productive for the next few years, 
but they were just never able to make it over the hump. And I think when you're sometimes, man, it sucks in sports like a, a championship or your playoff success really defines what we think about you and really it really kind of controls the narrative a lot of the time and he does not have he, a lot of playoff success he doesn't and he, and he doesn't even have, in those playoffs he was bad he, yeah in those those three games 30 rushes 75 yards one touchdown so, in all three games combined and, and I, I think you look at that and go big moments he, he didn't really show up but Ladanian Tomlinson was phenomenal for like you said most of his career if you're talking about having a um you know a 10-year career and Three of them are bad. That's you're you're still batting pretty well, you know, in my eyes. So, he's just one of those guys that w- and was a consummate good guy. Like he wasn't like a, a jerk ever. Like he was the, one of the most professional, not just football players but athletes that you would have found at, at any point. You know, he he did have the little cute little ball flick with his hand behind his head and everything like that once he scored touchdowns. But you know, you never talk you never talked about him as far as being a flashy or showy guy. Other than that, kind of one moment. Do you know you know like. Uh, pro football reference, baseball reference, they all do mm-hmm. similar players. For LT's career, his similar players, uh, or at least the top two, Barry Sanders, Marshall Falk. And he he was essentially, I mean, he was called Marshall Falk 2.0, right? Yeah. Because Caught he, balls out the backfield. Right, he, he, he caught passes, and he was one of, kind of the beginning of the, of the change of the running back position from being between the tackles to being kind of everywhere. Mm-hmm. And that should also garner some extra respect, too. I, I don't know. I just kind of felt, in general, um, this almost was kind of the Hall of Fame class of underappreciated players. When you think about Kurt Warner yeah, yeah. how he had to struggle to get into the NFL, and then he gets in the NFL, and he wins the Super Bowl, and then he's kind of left for dead again, goes to New York just to kind of mentor Eli, left for dead again. Here you go, Arizona. Nobody cares about Arizona. Leads them to a Super Bowl. It was just like an underappreciated career. Like that was one of the, like when I would thought about Kurt Warner and when I was watching his highlights this last week, I, I just thought about how, how we treat elite quarterbacks and we never treated him like one really like uh, you, you typically, when you have an elite quarterback, you literally let him run your franchise until the gas is gone. You're not going to uh, move on from him prematurely. And so he was underappreciated. You think about, Terrell Davis, I think I've thought about how many people have said he sh- he shouldn't be in the play uh, in the Hall of Fame, based on just the longevity of his career. And when you know somebody's great, you know somebody's great whether they blew out their knee or not. And um, for the first four years of his career, TD was great. And it is interesting because I was going to bring that up next too. Uh, and we have Big John in on prime time, and he came in and said, "Should Terrell Davis be in the Hall of Fame?" It was, I mean, it's a legitimate question because you're right. He played essentially a four-year career. Now, he played for three years after that, but he played four games, four games in half a season. And he was, you know, he was the shell of himself after the injuries, right? So the question is, does four, uh, does three great years in one good year make you a Hall of Famer? Now, the two Super Bowl wins, of course, will boost that status, right? He was the reason... John Elway won his Super Bowls, um, or most most of the reasons. He was right? a Super Bowl MVP. He was the best player on the team. He, yep, and and he also led the league in rushing in '98, the second Super Bowl year. So there, then then the question becomes: Is it about the stats and longevity? Is it about how great you think the player is? Um, and you can tie this to any sport too. 
what's your definition of a great player? Obviously, it changes for everybody else, right? It changes per player, per per sport for each person individually. But when you watch him, do you view him as a great player? And it's I think it's tough for Terrell Davis. I love Terrell Davis. Um, I think he is a great player. It's hard for me to say four years is enough to be a Hall of Famer, you know? But I get it, right? I get Super Bowls, Super Bowl MVP. I get it. It's just, it's tough. I'm uh, one of those people, I guess, sorry. Um, no, go ahead. I, I'm just, I'm one of those people where I, I look at it and I, you, it, it's kind of the eye test, right? Like, I'm very much an eye test um, over over stats guy. And when you watched Terrell Davis, when, before he blew out his knee, he was the best in the league. He's one of... Uh, what seven or eight guys have ran for over two thousand yards? He's, um, it it like in that four years, his accomplishments are what some guys in the Hall of Fame do in twelve, and right. so in nineteen ninety seven in the playoffs, he had eight touchdowns. He he has he has the uh, um, best all time career rushing um, yards per uh, per attempt at like five point five nine yards per attempt in the playoffs, like. He has records that have not been broken by the best football, you know, running backs in, in football. So I get the longevity to see what I think about the longevity argument. It makes more sense to me when you see a guy who you thought of as kind of that fringe great player, but he had that super long season and that kind of boosts him into the into the Hall of Fame. You're going to see like I I just I don't see why injuries have to keep great players um from getting what their accomplishments should be when he literally in four years had a pro you know a hall of fame career in but four years then you look at the career comparables on pro football reference again not an exact science but just an idea there's no greats on here there's one guy who i guess you could probably can could maybe argue would be a hall of famer but i doubt it it's priest holmes but everybody else i mean I haven't even heard of half these guys. Ray Rice is on here. Tony obviously. And Arian Foster's on here. So See, I'm looking at another part of the, the comparable uh, reference that says uh players whose career was similar to quality. That's what shape. I'm looking at. Yeah, and career I'm looking at the at bottom. Like Tony Dorsett and Barry Sanders and Chris Johnson and Emmett That's Smith. for that's for like his first three years. Yeah. I mean So for career, so I'm just looking at the career. And and and, and for me, I, I look at his career and I'm saying I mean, if I only played seven years and four of those were amazing, I, I did pretty well. You know, I mean, I think everybody wants to sustain success throughout their career, but the truth is it doesn't happen like that. Injuries happen, trades happen, you know, teams fall apart and things like that, and, you know, people are never the same. But who, but who was I'm looking like the, at a guy who... Who's the poster child of, of ending his career early? Who was great? Brandon Roy. Well, no, Barry Sanders. <laughs> Barry Sanders, Yeah, yes, Barry Sanders. Exactly. Because he walked away. Right, but Barry know. Sanders played what? Nine years. Well, what by, by the same rationale, man? Uh, ten years. Megatron. He played a ten-year career. Megatron, also somebody who played, you know, ten years and was like, uh, you know what, I'm good. But that's not, so. The poster child of walking away early and ending your career early played a ten-year career, and Terrell Davis essentially played a four-year career. Well, I mean, but he didn't walk away because he was just kind of done. I think I think that's the difference. If he were just finished playing football and decided he wanted to go into the broadcast booth, I would get it. But here's somebody who tried to play. Injuries just got the best of him. You're looking at a dude who carried the load. Let's make no mistake about it. For those of you, and you guys are Denver Bronco fans, he carried the load for that Bronco squad for three seasons. 1998, he was the MVP. He also had, uh, what, 21 touchdowns and 2,000 yards that year. He did everything for his team. As great as Elway was, as 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 phenomenal of, as, of a quarterback as John Elway was, he wasn't able to get over the hump 
until Terrell Davis got there. That is true. So we're not talking about John Elwood. We, I mean, we're definitely talking about him being one of the greatest. But I think we're mentioning him in the same vein as we mentioned a Dan Marino, somebody who's, man, he's got all the stats. He's right there. Are they one of the greatest, though? I think when it comes to winning time, you look at, I mean, and he threw a lot of interceptions, but you look at what Favre was able to do in winning time. You look at what Aaron Rodgers and Brady and Aikman and those guys were able to do in his winning time. I, I think – you're not saying that about John Elway if it's not for Terrell Davis. That's just that's just kind of how I feel about that. I think, and then this was brought up. This isn't my original take or anything, but uh, Suk said this on the show, and I was like, I don't. I, I was confused. I looked it up. The reason that Terrell Davis made it in, and I, he might have had trouble if not for this, is Gail Sayers made it in. Gail Sayers had a worse career, one year longer essentially, and then two years of of, in, of injuries. And Gail Sayers is a Hall of Famer. And Gail Sayers only ran over 1,000 yards twice. And the other years only hit 800 yards per season. So if Gail Sayers is in, then Terrell Davis is in, right? If you're using comparables of who's already in the hall, distinguishing what level you need to be at, then hell yeah, Terrell Davis is a Hall of Famer. I think it's... That's why he's in. It's, to me, it's, once again, it's that eye test. It's like, okay, from the beginning of his career, he walked in and he ran for 1,117 yards his second year. 1,538 yards, seven, uh, third year, 1,750, fourth year, 2,008 yards. Those and, were the two Super Bowl years it, at the end. Yeah. Exactly. He just got better and better. His yards per attempt, 4.7, 4.5, 4.7, 5.1. He got better. He he did catch the ball. He, you know, he had, as far as recep, uh, receptions, yards per reception, 7.5, 8.6, 6.8, 8.7 for those four years. That guy only got better better and when you think about what he did as far as like his stats when we're talking about what Damian Tomlinson um put up 1300 and how many yards or 13,000 and yeah like almost 14,000 almost 14,000 he put up almost half of that in four years I'm just just to put that in perspective he put up almost half of Damian Tomlinson's career in four years and I think that's why you know for reasons like that and like I said he's a He's a two-time, you know, he's an MVP. You know, he's somebody who did everything he had to do to make his team win. Uh, mind you, that that Broncos team was phenomenal. We can't forget about a lot of the other players that were on that team. Rod you know, Smith, Ed McCaffrey. Yeah, like, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Uh, uh, Shannon Sharp. You know, you had just a stacked, stacked team. But make no mistake about it, Terrell Davis was the guy that made that team go. You know, Elway will be the one that gets all of the credit, of course, because he's John Elway and he and he probably should. But Terrell Davis is the reason they won those two Super Bowls, and I don't even think it's a question. All right, we got to get going. Coming up next, you want to talk about the the standings projections or the quarterback rankings? Where do you want to start? I guess because we have a couple of things that were Monday morning quarterback USA Today that we didn't talk about last week. There's some very interesting tidbits on both of them. Let's go standings. All right, we'll start there. USA Today's standing projections were interesting, to say the least. Some of the notable uh, records, projected records on there. That's next, but first, Jesse has Sports Hub. Weekends were made for sports. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. Nine thirty-five here on Sports Sunday. Lots of interesting stuff in this USA Today NFL projection standings. This came out, I want to say, a couple of weeks ago. I saw it and kind of put it in the back of my head to talk about it on the show, and uh, here we are. I think I want to start 
with this one. This was the most interesting tidbit in all of this for me. I'm not going to go through all the teams or anything, but they are predicting the Tennessee Titans, who we'll talk down, talk about a little bit more in depth in the 10 o'clock segment, to win the AFC South and go 12-4. and four. Dun, dun, dun. That's a big expectation. That's a huge expectation for Mariota coming off the injury and a team that just wasn't very good last year. I, I, it's interesting, but I kind of am inclined to agree. I don't know about 12 and four. That's a little bit extreme, but I don't think anybody in that division is anywhere near as good as the Titans. Like it's not even close. They have, it's been a little bit, it's taken a little while, but it feels like they have very rapidly solved their rebuild or finished their rebuild, right? I mean, you're done rebuilding. If you're going to finish in first in the division, You've got your franchise quarterback as long as he stays healthy. You've got a good receiving core. You've got a couple of good running backs. Your defense is underrated. You've got a good offensive line that you built. They're solid. They're a legit team now. I don't view the Titans as a team that are going to be in the top 10 in the in the NFL draft for a couple of years to come at least. No, I'm looking at the Titans as a team that could could really make something happen. I think a lot of people forget that I think Eric Decker got added to this this team this year, right? Is that, is that, yeah, they got Decker. Yeah, yeah, they got Eric Decker this year. So, I mean, I think that's just a quiet move that they kind of made, you know, in, in the midst of all the other things they've been able to do this offseason. And now you've got given Mariota uh, some weapons, you know, and now you know, depending on what that offensive line does, if they can protect him, that was a big part of, in my opinion, the Titans' downfall is the fact that they just couldn't protect Mariota. And because of that, he ended up running for his life and got hurt a couple of times. So if they can really keep him upright – I don't see any reason that they can't be the best team in the AFC South and possibly win. I don't know. I think I think 12 games might be a big ask for this team because we still don't know exactly what it's going to look like at running back. We know they'll be good there, but we don't know exactly. I think DeMarco Murray gives you a, a much different look than Derrick Henry, you know, gives you. So, uh, but is this the year that Henry takes the, you know, the leap and becomes that beast that we think that he may become or is he just another, you know, SEC running back who, you know, came to the league and just kind of fizzled out, you know, and I think that's the the big question right now. But I'm looking at Tennessee saying I don't see why they can't win at least 10 games. I don't know if I would give them 12. I think that's a lot. But 10 and 6, I think, gets you into the playoffs. They just – they look great. I know Corey Davis, the, the rookie they drafted out of Western Michigan, got hurt uh, this – this past week, I believe in camp. I don't, I didn't see if it was that serious. It seemed like it was a, a muscle thing, but I'll, I'll double check that. But I just can't, and we'll talk again more in depth about them in the next hour. But I just, that was the most interesting thing for me where I, I'm looking through the standings and they are tied for the second best record in the NFL with a couple of other teams. But I was like, the Titans? Whoa. I don't know how, how much that speaks to their skill or the, the, the talent level in the AFC South, but. Uh, I, I think that's really exciting. And as as someone who is rooting for Mariota on the next level, not a Titans fan, but still want to see him do well, I think that's really, really interesting. Um, the other thing that st- stood out to me is they project the Patriots go undefeated. They haven't gone 16-0. Wow. And it's a huge ask. But is it, though? I mean, I, I truly feel like, and we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, I truly feel like this might be the best Patriots team we've seen. And their schedule... You face the Bills and the Dolphins and the Jets six times total. That's a nice little starting point to get there. And, of course, they have some tough games in there. But as long as everybody stays healthy, again, obviously you say that with everybody in the NFL, but yeah, they've I can a, see them going 16-0. I, I could see them doing really well this year. I think 16-0 and 0 
uh, is a huge, huge ask. I, I think Brandon Cooks is great. I don't think he's Randy Moss. I mean, I don't think he's going to be blowing a lot of tops off like that. Granted, he's going to get his money, but I don't know if uh, there's still a lot of you know a, a lot of weapons on the on the Patriots. I think they can. I think they'll go f- 14 and two, 15. You know, f- I don't want to. And mind you, I would love to see them go 16 and 0. Just more reason for me to talk about how great my squad is. However, I'm a realist, and I just that's so difficult to do in the NFL. There's so many just let down games and things like that. They're going. They have uh, Atlanta on their schedule. You know, they have Oakland on their schedule, which who continues to improve. Denver, for whatever reason, always gives the Patriots a, a great matchup. You know, the Steelers are on there, and the Steelers have yet to beat the Patriots. You know, at least over the past I don't know four, five seasons or something like that. But there are some teams on there that can definitely give you a, a couple L's, and I'm just looking at maybe a couple of those. So Kansas City is no punk. You're not just gonna you know. As as mediocre as Alex Smith may be, Kansas City is not a weak team. So there's a lot of possibilities on there, but I still feel really confident that the Patriots are going back to the Super Bowl, possibly even winning it. Yeah, no, if you're going through the, the AFC West, then that's the one thing that you get to deal with is uh, basically the best um, division of pass rushers yeah, in the NFL. Absolutely. And if there's one way to get to Brady, um, to rattle him, um, kind of get him out of his his rhythm. It's it's definitely to uh, get him with the pass rush, and so that's that's definitely a division that that could trip up, um, uh, trip up the Patriots. Anybody, uh, the the Chargers, the Broncos, the Chiefs, um, any of them could really trip up the uh, with that pass rush. Well, speaking of that division, in the, in the predictions, they've got the Raiders winning the division, eleven and five. Chargers nine and seven, Chiefs eight and eight, Broncos seven and nine. Does that make sense to you? Uh, Do you think the Broncos could finish in last place? Ugh, of the West, it's it could be. I could see that. I mean, only because I think of of all the quarterbacks there, they 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 don't have a situation right now. I mean, at least with Alex Smith, you know, you know, you have a a, a competent quarterback for now until who's the rookie? I forget the rookie. Paxton name. Lynch. Until no. Uh, and, you know, Trevor Simeon and Paxton Lynch were the guys. I'm talking about the guy. I'm talking about the backup in um, Kansas City. Oh, Kansas. Oh, uh, Mahomes. Rookie. Yeah. Oh, Mahomes. Patrick yeah, Mahomes. Yeah, Mahomes. So you have you have him at least in waiting. I think the the Broncos are the one team that the quarterback position is like, uh, uh, you I, know. I, I think is, is your defense really strong enough to 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 lead them back to the to the playoffs? Because I don't know if your quarterback between Simeon and Possibly Paxton Lynch. We'll see. I'm not worried at about the quarterback position the way other people are. I'm more worried about um, the middle of the line, the middle linebacker position that was giving up Buka rushing yards at the end of the last season. We know we're going to lock down um, opposing teams' um, passing games. It's that we need to improve on the rushing defense. I'm not worried about that. I, To be honest... I'm totally happy if Simeon gets the job. I, I saw a guy last year who, I mean, he's not Tom Brady. He's not Peyton Manning. Um, but there's no reason he can't be a Trent Dilfer. And Trent Dilfer won a that's Super Bowl. A, that's a good thing. So um, good defense. I, yeah. I, mean, I, I just like reminding everybody, uh, just go back and look what he did in Cincinnati. I want to say week four last year. Destroyed Cincinnati. Now, that defense and that secondary wasn't great last year but it wasn't bad 
and Cincinnati is a hard place to play. I just I think about um, he had really good moments last year, and, and then you have Lynch there at the same time. So it's it's not a bad situation in the fact that you have two guys you think you can play. It's just finding the best of the bunch. Uh, just keeping a look a look around just quickly. I, nothing else super crazy. They've got the Seahawks winning the division, which makes sense. Uh, the the end of the NFC West is not great this year. Falcons winning the division again, Packers, Cowboys, Pats, Steelers, Titans, Raiders. Uh, looks good to me. Looks pretty simple to me. It's the records that I think are pretty interesting there. But uh, I wonder if the Falcons will have that Super Bowl hangover or not. Losing that way is really rough. And I think sometimes teams have issues recovering from that. I don't know how the Falcons are going to do, but uh, in a couple of weeks, we'll talk about them more in depth too. All right, coming up next, who do you think are the top 10 quarterbacks in the league? And should some of the rookies, or I guess not, I shouldn't say rookies, should some of the younger quarterbacks who have played well over the last few years be given more love than they are? This is Sports Sunday on the Fan. Weekend sports with a difference. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. 947 here on Sports Sunday. Text the Bridgeport Beers text line at 55305. Oregon's original craft brewery. You can also find us on Twitter at 1080thefan. I am at Mike Lynch 27. Rashad's at TaylorMade503. And Jesse's at Jesse Osmond, A-S-Z-M-A-N. Uh, this is from the Monday Morning Quarterback from, again, probably about a week or two ago. And uh, they put out their quarterback rankings for the starting quarterbacks in the NFL. This isn't every team. It's just the starting quarterbacks that we know and know of. Um, so there's only 23 guys on this list, and that was probably going to be 22 because Ryan Tannehill's probably out for the year. Did we see for sure? Is he going to need season-ending surgery? I saw that they were they had a fear that he was going to need season-ending surgery. He but just I, didn't get the surgery the first time. He just needs to go ahead and do it. Like, if you knew that that was going to be an issue or it could potentially be an issue, just, just do it. Get it over with, man. Now you're going to, you know, delay an, an entire season possibly. For for getting a surgery, you could have gotten the offseason and been ready to go. Yeah. He tried to rehab it. He buckled his knee and had a non-contact injury running out of bounds. And there's very weird mixed reports about it. First, they said he won't need surgery. Then they said they fear he's going to need surgery. Then they reached out to Jay Cutler to see if he'd come back because he knows Adam Gase and played under him in Chicago. And uh, that's kind of the last I heard of it. But um, he is on this list right now. But, everybody, you know, the, the, the Broncos quarterbacks aren't on here. The rookies aren't on here. So... Uh, it's a little bit shorter, but I guess my first question, and we always talk about this, but I'm also curious. It's similar to the Hall of Fame question that we've had, and it's when you view the top 10 quarterbacks, quote unquote, in your head, what do you look for to fill out that top 10? Because the top four or five are easy, right? You've got Brady, you've got Rodgers, you've got Roethlisberger, and you've got Matt Ryan, and... You know, may, maybe you put a couple, maybe Breeze or something up there, but that's about it, right? That's a very easy top four. To fill out the rest of it, what are your standards for that? Who, what do you look at when you're watching in the NFL to say, hey, this guy's a top 10 quarterback? Uh, for me, I look at first and foremost, are, are you a leader? Are you somebody that your team can get behind? Are you somebody that uh, the team will rally rally behind when things get get bad you know we've seen a lot of guys stop playing for the quarterback at a point and so that's number one for me and number two man can you make all the throws are you able to make that 15 yard out man and because if you can't then you won't play in this league for for very long 
And so I think for, for me, it's a it's a matter of leadership ability, skill is second, and then that 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 winning mentality. So I think, and then also, man, having some of those intangibles, it's like some of those things that make you great. You know, I think Cam Newton, the thing that makes him great is his size. The fact that he is basically LeBron James on the football field, and he's big and he's fast and he's strong. And he can just fall forward to gain, you know, two or three extra yards. And that's that's a part of his game. So I, I look at just your overall ability to to take over a game as well. I think Russell Wilson is one of those dudes who's really underrated as far as his ability to really take over a game and make it his. You know, he he's a guy that never gets rattled. No matter what the circumstances are, he he has the same kind of look on his face the entire time. And I think that's what you want your, your quarterback to have. So I'm looking at guys after that, the the Andrew Lux. You know, the, regardless of whether they won or whether they lost, their temperament is going to be the same. You know, I look at Drew Brees, and obviously I still I still think a, a top-10 guy is Cam Newton. You know, he was just a, a year removed from winning the MVP and taking his team all the way to the Super Bowl. So I still think he's one of those top-10 guys. But that's really the, the type of stuff that I look at as far as being uh, a top-10 quarterback, which is why I don't think we ever consider Jay Cutler top 10 anything i think for me one of the big things that i look for and you kind of mentioned it there is if the rest of the team is faltering can that quarterback by himself keep the team in the game and run an offense that's predicated on a lot of passing plays because nothing else is working and he can do it himself um and i i know that doesn't necessarily mean the great news about the team i'm just talking about individually with the quarterback so you know when you when you look at guys like philip rivers who when everything fell apart around him last year, uh, he still had a good season and led the Chargers to, to at least play well in the games that they were in, even though they lost a lot of them late. Mm -hmm. I look at someone like Eli Manning, who can single-handedly win the Giants games because they had no running game. And uh, before last year, they didn't have a good defense, and he still played really well for them in New York despite some of the interceptions. And, um, you know, I look at a guy like, I don't know. It's, after that, there's not a bunch. Maybe Andrew Luck, I'll, I'll throw in there, too. He could certainly win games by himself. He's had to because the Colts have not built good teams around him. That's kind of what I do. That's kind of how I view it is those guys deserve to be in the top 10 because they're purely skill-based. They can do it with, with everything else against them. I didn't exactly put Russell Wilson in that because I feel like Russell Wilson needs a balanced game to get him into his best situation. Um, I Russell Wilson's tough for me because I, I – Obviously, I think he's a very good quarterback, but I, I worry about his ability to be a great guy if he has to be the number one option, right? He He's always had a good running game. Last year, he didn't, and last year, he had an iffy offensive line, and we saw what happened. He wasn't great until the end of the year. I mean, he figured it out. They made the playoffs, so, I mean, they, they still – he did he did well, but – I never view Russell Wilson as the guy. And I think I guess that's is my point. And I think you said the, the the key thing for me, the why I considered Russell Wilson to be one of the guys, is that he figured it out. I didn't have a great offensive line. I didn't have a great running game. I don't have great receivers, but yet and still I get it figured out. Uh, he went on that stretch. I only want to I want to say it was last season, maybe the season prior. I can't remember. They all kind of meld into one. Yeah. Where he went on that stretch of like eight game or games where he had like eight touchdowns, no interceptions, and had like the most yards through eight games in NFL history or something like that. Like he is a guy that he just – he doesn't complain about what he has, and he's really blessed to have had the defense he's had for as long as he's had it. But he's one of those dudes that just goes out there and figures things out, sees the, all, the, all the ingredients that he doesn't have in the kitchen to cook with and say, okay, we'll just throw some of this in there instead, and it just works. Like I, I, if anybody else the Seahawks – 
quarterback, I don't think it. I don't think it works. I mean, I think he's just one of those guys that just will find a figure out a way to make it work. And I think I think that's why coaches love him, and I think that's why a lot of the players that he plays with, you know, kind of feel the way they feel about him. Uh, what about the young guys? Because I, I I want to almost overrate all the young guys when I watch them play. Right, Jameis Winston, Marcus Mariota, Derek Carr, uh, Dak Prescott. When I watch them, I'm like, ah, top ten quarterback because they're playing well. Yeah. Is it okay to put them into the top 10 in the first couple of years because there's a lot of other guys out there who have been there doing it more, they just didn't have as good of a year as them? Or do you do you wait? Because this list has Derek Carr at 10, but then has Winston at 15, Prescott at 17, and Mariota at 20 for best quarterbacks in the league. And I feel like that's criminally low for a couple of those guys. I, I agree. So I, at, at what point is it acceptable to say top 10 quarterback with, with younger quarterbacks? Unfortunately, there's still some guys up top that just don't look like they're moving anytime soon. You know, Brady, for as old as he is, and he just turned 40, he doesn't look like he's getting ready to move anytime soon. You know, Aaron Rodgers doesn't look like he's getting – he said he wants to play until he's 40. You know, so there, there could, there's a chance that some of those guys could be sticking around for a little bit. We've been talking about Big Ben retiring for the past two or three seasons. Like, is this it for Ben Roethlisberger? And he just decided to stick around. Drew Brees, again, another one of those guys that is his time up. We don't know, but he keeps throwing for 5,000 yards. So uh, I guess he's not ready to go. So I think we're just going to have to wait for either the the regression of those guys up top or for Dak Prescott and Mariota and Jameis Winston to have these out, outburst seasons to where they do some amazing things. Because until they do those amazing, amazing things and do them consistently, then I think that's still going to be the top of the mountain. I still view them, though, as as higher than some of the guys that are on the list. Like, I I think it's okay personally to to move them up into your personal top ten if they're playing oh, well. Oh, of course. So, uh, you know, Mariota at twenty is weird to me. I know he got hurt, but Mariota played really well before Mariota's he got good. hurt. And I think it's one of those things. Kirk plays- Cousins is nineteen. He's that low. Yeah. Why is he that low? I know that'll get Jesse fired up. I mean, they have they have Cousins worse than Sam Bradford, Prescott, Wentz, Winston, Cam, Carson Palmer. Like Cousins thought, is better. I thought than it that. was disrespectful for Cam to be as low as he was. He is fourteenth on just this saying. list. I think uh, last year really kind of. I don't think you can find. I don't think you're going to find thirteen better quarterbacks than Cam Newton. Cam right didn't now. even complete sixty percent of his passes. Not, last are you going to find saying. thirteen quarterbacks better than Cam? Just Newton saying, right Cam now. didn't complete sixty percent of his passes. Just, last just, last just year. ask a question right it now. Sounds like he could find. Yeah, for real, uh, if you, if, I, I probably could. Yes, because I, you know what? I think. I think once you take away Cam's ability to just lay down for four yards and just get a free touchdown. Because all of a sudden teams figured out all you have to do is hit them. I, I think you take away a big valuable piece of what make makes Cam great, and all of a sudden when you make him into a passing quarterback, he is average. Didn't they have? Didn't they score like the? You know, didn't they have like a number one offense when, uh, when Cam was running? And then last year when people decided to hit Cam. They decided they had to stop running Cam and look at how average he was. He, he was also throwing the ball an, an awful lot, which is the reason he won the MVP, you know, that year. And then that wasn't just what he did on the ground. Yes, you're absolutely right. The uh, fact that when, he was when the, you have the to definition worry, of a dual threat quarterback, he was when exactly what you want to When you have to worry on every play about a, a quarterback's legs, it opens up things for the passing game. All right? That's a is Cam getting hit unfairly is a whole different, I, whole different thing. Man, you turn yourself into a running back, you yeah, get hit. That's a whole different thing. Yeah, you should probably be protected a little bit more. All right, coming up next hour, we will do hate it or love it like we always do at 1030. But coming up next, we will dive deep into the AFC South as we continue our divisional previews. Just five weeks left until the NFL season starts. Woo. This is Sports Sunday on the fan.